All right. Does everyone have a study sheet today? We're going to be looking at the, the Pentateuch. This is a, I have to say, I, I really enjoyed getting ready for this this week because it took me back through a lot of the old classic biblical stories and narratives, and I, I was really blessed by my, the Lord blessed the, just looking back at this, I hope you'll do the same and take this and hopefully something strikes a nerve that causes you to go back and read a lot of these stories, but diving right on in. So we've been on this study for the winter spring of 23 semester, understanding the big picture of the Bible. Do y'all have your books with you? I thought this is pretty helpful. A guide to reading the Bible well, and I think this course, this book is really doing this, doing it well. And so another thing we always want to look at, and Tyler went through this with the new members class yesterday, God's redemptive plan in history. The great, I think his summary is perfect, the cur, creation, rebellion, redemption, restoration. In this study, we're going to really see it a lot today in the first five books of the Bible, seeing Christ in the Old Testament. So always have your lenses open and on of seeing Christ in the Old Testament. So now, let's go back real quickly where we are in our outline of the weeks. We've looked at God's plan in history, Christ in the Old Testament, promises, curses, covenants, offspring of Christ, Christ is the last Adam, Old Testament theology. We looked at monotheism, creation, fall. I'm just looking at the outline that's sitting right back there. You looked at Old Testament theology, election and covenant membership. You looked at eschatology, our glorious future, our final destiny, bringing light to the Gentiles throughout the world, the eternal dynasty. Last week you looked at the Old Testament theology story as Old Testament as Christian scripture, which it absolutely is. So now we go back to the very beginning, the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. Okay, so join with me on your sheet here. What does this name mean? Everybody knows what the Pentagon means. What is the, what's the word penta mean? Five, exactly. Tukos, scroll, law, or instruction. The Greek translation, five-volume Hebrew, Torah, law or instruction. The Greek, you can write this in there, nomos, N-O-M-O-S, meaning law. So these are the first five books of the Bible. I thought this was interesting. I read one commentator that called it the five-fifths. I was like, what in the world is he talking about? And he was, he was taking it from a mathematical perspective, saying it was, it was a complete book in and of itself, five-fifths equals what? One, you know, not, not, nothing less, nothing more. If I was going to say for you liberal arts majors, we got an engineer over here that can tell us what five-fifths is. 1.00, but completeness. It's, it's, a, it's a set that is, the parts make the sum of the whole. All right, some of your Bibles, I was looking through some of my Bibles at home, some of the older ones will say, also called the five books of Moses. Anybody's Bible say that in there? Yeah, I see a few heads nodding. So, 
almost every scholar agrees Moses was the primary author of these books. You can get into some discussion on who wrote about his death in Deuteronomy 34, but very accurate account. Exodus through Deuteronomy 33 is basically a biography of Moses' life. Here we go with the Pentateuch, though. Five books, 187 chapters, Genesis with 50, Exodus with 40, Leviticus 27, Numbers 36, Deuteronomy 34. 5,852 verses, get this, 788,280 words as it's translated in the King James Version. Why is that important? Well, young Jewish students throughout the centuries would memorize massive, if not all, massive sections of the Pentateuch. Can you imagine being that ingrained in the, in the scriptures and having that type of discipline to memorize that? Paul, in his famous, when he's giving his pedigree and resume in the book of Philippians chapter 3, he says, I was from the tribe of Benjamin, a Pharisee of Pharisee. Paul could rattle off massive sections of the Pentateuch, this almost 800,000 words. So these guys were serious, serious students of the first five books of the Bible. The Pentateuch, as we're going to look at in our book here in just a minute, it is foundation or foundational to the whole Bible. It introduces key promises that show God's purposes in history we say in redemptive history, and lays the groundwork for the coming of Christ the Messiah. We've talked all throughout this class. The Bible is one unifying thread. There's, it's one continuous story. Look at page 31 if you've got your books with you, because he doesn't, he gives a very succinct outline, and that's really all we have in the book, but it is, it is worth looking at, it is worth reading. Does everyone have their books with them? Someone read where he talks about, on page 31, paragraph 1, orientation. This is, this is worth looking at. We're just going to look at that page and the part of the page 32. But someone please read paragraph 1, orientation. Just that paragraph. So that paragraph, what do you say there? One true, hits the theme of monotheism. One true God, all-powerful, sovereignty. We talked about that, Tyler talked about that a lot yesterday at the, in the Pathways class. All-powerful, sovereign, he's loving, controls all that happens. Someone please read paragraph two, Divine Purposes.
Right, so in this paragraph, he's, he's hitting on fall of man, Genesis 3, and the covenant God makes with man that Christ will defeat Satan and his enemies, Genesis 3.15. Then it gets into the covenant theology. We shift from covenant of works to covenant of grace. We'll get to this just a little bit more when we look at Genesis here in just a second. Someone read theology and ethics, and then we're, that'll conclude the book. We get, it, we get big into that human responsibility category there as well. If you will, do this. We're, we're going to roll through the Pentateuch here. and It was impossible for me to... This, I, I tried to narrow this down as best I could, but there are certain things that are really big picture, and there are certain things on the micro side for me that just have always stuck out, or, or maybe just me personally. But take this time as, you're, as we're... As we're rolling through this, mark your spots, go back and read it, things that are of significance to you, that are significant in the big picture. But beginning with that, let's look at Genesis. We've got key themes, monotheism, only one true sovereign God. The book lays out the purposes of God and His character, covenantal history. Tyler went over this real well yesterday with the new members class. I don't have Genesis 3... Need to put in there Genesis 3, covenant with Adam. Genesis 9, covenant with Noah. 12, 15, and 17 deal with the Abram and Abri, Abrahamic or Anic covenants. Then we get into going back to the beginning creation, fall, flood, the dispersion of Noah's descendants, the patriarchal system, and the introduction to the sacrificial system. The book ends, let's all flip to Genesis 49. If you haven't read the jo- about Joseph's life in a while, go back and read it. It's, it's, there's just so much there. But in Genesis 49, verse 10, now this is actually Jacob blessing his sons. And you will see how you've got these blessings and curses for the first three, Reuben, Simeon, Levi. We get to Judah in verse 8, and we look at this messianic prophecy, and someone read Genesis 49.10. Awesome. Who's he talking about there? There we go. There we go. Look at the very end, the death of Joseph in chapter 50. The book ends, death of Joseph. He's, he dies at age 110. 
He's placed in a coffin in Egypt. You can read about the rest of that story. I won't give the ending away there. Now we flip over to Exodus. All right. Got to do your homework there. All right. Exodus, key theme. Redemption, how God delivered the Israelites and made them His special covenant people. If you want to put a few notes in the margin, you've got the Passover in Exodus 12. You've got, you've got the birth of Moses and how he was supernaturally saved and protected from being eradicated. Passover, Exodus 12, Red Sea, thir- chapters 13 and 14. Then we get into the Sinaitic Covenant or the Ten Commandments. Basically Exodus 19 through 24 can anyone tell me where the Ten Commandments are found? What chapter? 20, right. God's timeless moral law. Now when you flip over, go to chapter 20. Timeless moral law. We need to all know the Ten Commandments, be able to recite them just like that. This is God's law. It's timeless moral law. You flip over. You get to chapter 21, it moves into the civil law. Keep going a few more chapters to chapter 25, and it moves into the ceremonial law. Now, one a biggie here, uh, and Tyler has made me really pay attention to this one. Key verse to understanding, or key verses to understanding the New Testament. What is it, Tyler? There you go. Everybody flip to Exodus 34, 6 and 7. Exodus 34, 6 and 7. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the fathers, to the third and fourth generation. So you get into these, again, blessings and curses. So I'll flip to Exodus 40 where the book ends. This is really, really neat. Does your Bible on the last few verses, what does it say above verse 34, does it? Glory of God. Okay, someone read 34 through the end of the chapter. Verse 34 through the end of the chapter. My footnote caught my attention and it says, With the glory of the Lord entering the tabernacle, the great series of events that began with the birth of Moses and his rescue from the Nile, foreshadowing the deliverance of Israel from Egypt, comes to a grand climax. From now on, the Israelites march through the desert and through history with the Lord tenting or tabernacling, or dwelling among them, and leading them to the land of fulfilled promises. 
thus ending the book of Exodus. Now we move into Leviticus. Let me get a true show of hands who has really ever studied the book of Leviticus. If, you, if you've never really studied much of the book of Leviticus, be honest. All right, very good. <laughs> it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> have you, let me say it this way. Have you studied Leviticus as thoroughly as you have studied Genesis or Exodus? Probably no one in the room. Still very, very important book. Okay. All right. Le- Leviticus underscores the meticulous care with, with which the people and priest were to approach God in worship. And the rest of this sentence is huge and every facet of their lives. It's a book all about the holiness of God. When I flip to my outline, if y'all have your study Bibles, look at the outline of Leviticus. Starts off with the five main offerings, and you flip over, and you'll see the burnt offering, the grain offering, the fellowship offering, sin offering, guilt offering. So the book starts with the burnt offering, Someone read chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. All right, verse three. Who is who is that? Who's that talking about? That or symbolic of the male without defect, Christ. Verse four. puts priest puts his head on puts his hand on the head and on behalf to make atonement for him. Who's that foreshadowing? Christ making atonement. Okay. Look at. Look at this, back to this outline for a minute. You get into ordination, installation of Aaron and his sons and the priestly order. After that, laws of cleanness, food, childbirth, infections, day of atonement, centrality of worship. That's in chapters 16 and 17. This one's real interesting. It takes me back to my law school days. I had this really eccentric professor named Professor Featherstone, and he spoke the whole time just like this. And he taught a real odd array. He, had, he taught property. He, tra- he taught some other real estate classes, but then he loved domestic and family law. And tell me how those two mesh. But he would tell us about the moral laws, and he said, the Mississippi Code for decades followed Leviticus 18, with their, with their criminal code. So I'll let you read about Leviticus 18. <laughs> and then it established penalties for each and so on. But he said for, for, for not centuries, decades, that that was straight out of Leviticus 18. So you've got these moral laws, Leviticus 18 through 20, regulations for the priests, chapters 21 through 24, punishments for blasphemy and murder, Talked about the Sabbath year, Jubilee, land tenure, reform of slavery. Again, blessings and curses towards the end of the book and regulations for offerings vowed to the Lord. 
Now, look at the end of the book, chapter 27. It's interesting how this ends. Someone read chapter, excuse me, chapter 27, verse 30 through 34, the end of the book. So, so this book ends with this tithe system, very serious, very meticulous, and penalties for not observing it correctly. Now we move into numbers, and this is this one. This book is has so many great stories. I'm going to just give you a a very brief overview. So we've got 39 years of wandering. This book chronicles two generations of the nation of Israel. The first generation is from the Exodus from Egypt through Numbers 14. Then in Numbers 15 through 25, we've got an overlap with the first and second generation. Then Numbers 26 and following is the second generation. The book starts with a, a great census where Moses and Aaron were commanded to take a census of all the fighting men 20 years and older. You'll see that in chapter 1. You'll see it later in chapter 26, a second great census. It's really interesting to note it's about the same number, but some of the tribes are really reduced in number and some, are, some really blossom in number. Um, there are so many stories in here, quail, manna. You've got some of my personal favorites, We've got the, well, this, is, this one is um, sobering. Water from the Rock, chapter 20. What did Moses do? Anybody? Struck it. What was he told to do? Just speak to it. And he's mad, he's rash, he shows his temper, and he's banging on this rock with his staff, and God says, you know, again, you're not going to enter the promised land. He did provide him with water. Chapter 22. Y'all have heard the story of Balaam's donkey, one of the best stories. Go back and read it today. It is, it is so interesting um, and amazing how God uses a donkey to talk to him. All right, let's go to the very end, where Numbers ends. And again, I'm having to just really go fast through here. So we end, what I want you to note here is where they are. Verse 13 of Numbers 36. These are the commands and regulations the Lord gave through Moses to the Israelites on the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho. So Jericho is on the west side of the Jordan. They're on the other side. Then we move into Deuteronomy. Whenever I hear or 
think about Deuteronomy, I've got to give Blake a lot of credit. He took us through, how many years ago was that, that men's Bible study? We went verse by verse, word for word, how many years ago? And it was, one, it pulled out more things I've never, I never knew, never thought of, but it was Blake hammered home just like Moses. Remember, 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 remember. This is the repetition of the law. Moses basically preaches three sermons, recites two poems. This is the book of Moses. This is his last appeal to the nation of Israel to serve the Lord faithfully. And he's saying, remember, he's reminding them, love God, obey God. And he does this. Look, and this is really neat. This is how this five-fifths thing comes to a whole. Recaps promises to Abraham in Genesis, his faithfulness in rescuing Israel in Exodus, his holiness in Leviticus, and his punishment on the disobedient in Numbers. Go to Deuteronomy 5 and see if you recognize what that is. <laughs> What's it say at the top of your Bible above chapter 5? Ten Commandments. And he recites it again. He tells them how it was spoken to them then, and he says it all word for word again, pretty much. Now, another favorite one, Biggie. Circle this in your Bible. The great Shema, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Mark that in your Bible if you, are, if you have your own Bible. Someone read this. This is always good to hear. That is a great one right there. Flip forward to, and I'm, again, there's no way to get all of this in, but look at chapters 27 through 30. We get into a lot more blessings and curses. And look at chapter 31. <clears throat> this, is, this is a very historic event here. Someone read chapter 31, 1 through 6. good charge there, isn't it? Inspiring. Flip to chapter 32. This is a great lengthy one verse, 
But this is Moses giving a basic summary of who God is and His character. Someone read chapter 32, verse 4. Flip to the last chapter, 34. There's humor in here for me as well as how serious this is. How old is Moses at this time that we've just been told? He's 120, all right? How does, verse, how does chapter 34 begin? He's cl- he climbs Mount Nebo, okay? Any of y'all feel like doing that today, <laughs> all right? He's 120, he's, he knows he's about to die, and you're going to see in a minute that, look at verse 7, let's just go to it, look at verse 7. He was 120 years old, when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. He was still supernaturally energized by the Holy Spirit, by God, and he was finishing out strong, and that's totally a gift from God, but I just I thought that was amazing. So he takes him to the top of Mount Nebo, and he looks all across the top of Pisgah and across from the Jordan, and he just sees all this land they've been promised. And he gets, he gets to see it, but he doesn't get to cross and go in. So in verse 7, we see that he's still bright, he's about to die, and then he passes away. Look at verse, someone read verse 10 through 12. You can say dot, 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 except for Christ later. But is that his story is amazing. Go back and look at Exodus 1 through Deuteronomy. Moses, the, the great prophet. So, in summary, right here at the bottom, we always want to look, how do we see Christ in these, in these books? Again, I took this from that. 11-year-old boy rattling it off on YouTube. But you can, there are a lot of these out there. You can, there are a lot of substitutes you can put in. He's the breath of life in Genesis. He's the Passover lamb in Exodus. He's our great high priest in Leviticus. He's the p- pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night in the book of Numbers. He is the better, greater prophet like unto Moses. So go back and look at this Chapter 34, 10 through 12, he is that much better, that much greater than what this is describing about Moses in Deuteronomy. And there is your, your more than a tiptoe through the Pentateuch. <laughs> Any questions? There's, there's so much there. Yes. Yes. And then in Joshua, they. they that's when they went in. 
Right. Right. And he, and he tells him here that he's sending, he is going to send Joshua ahead of him, and he's going ahead of him. But he, Moses doesn't get to go. Right, and that I call it the, the inspiring call to arms in chapter 31 where he says, Be strong and courageous is a children's song about that. I want to give Dutch credit too. I've been, that little song of his has been going through my head. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. No, if y'all don't have that, he goes through the whole, all the books of the Bible, but that's still ingrained there, which is, Be strong and courageous. And this is another great children's song. Do not be afraid or terrified, because for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. He leaves them on a very high, confident note, and he's going to carry it through. Well, let's do this. Let's ran into this when I was telling Alex about this yesterday. We used to always his his dad, Mr. Harris. We used to always dismiss with the mizpah. The Mizpah, Genesis 31, the covenant between Laban and Jacob about the land and so on. So let's, let me dismiss with the Mizpah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from the other. Amen.